pull out the eggnog, put the Hallmark movies on, let Michael Buble sing and crone till the cows come home. But deep, deep, deep down, it's this outlaw den. It's this king is back. It's this invasion. It's this incarnation and what that means. And then his ascension and we are swept up with that. And even now we are seated with him and let's live according to our station from a royal, exalted, authoritative plane. That is how we can keep Christmas well. dragon you've been resisting you've been fighting you've been raging but we have a message for you ho 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 from king jesus well i have my little christmas tree with twinkling lights that my daughter so kindly set me up with right here by my podcasting equipment i'm ready to go this is the first in a mini series on christmas welcome to jesus smart the podcast brian del turco here thanks for connecting with me today c.s lewis in his book miracles writes that the central miracle asserted by christians is the incarnation That's sort of a theological word, which simply means God became flesh. Jesus came into the earth in the form of a human being. Lewis writes that they say that God became man. Of course, this is true. Every other miracle prepares for the incarnation or exhibits the reality of the incarnation or results from this, the incarnation. In the Christian story, Lewis writes, God descends to reascend. Now listen to this, because you and I are swept up in this in Christ. He comes down, down from the heights of absolute being into time and space, down into humanity, but he goes down to come up again and bring the ruined world up with him. Isn't that powerful? Paul put it this way in his letter to the Philippians, I press toward the mark of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I live with a lot of ladies, you know, one wife and many daughters, okay? We have four daughters, two still at home, and uh, of course, the others come home, and there's four again when they come home. So I know a lot about Hallmark. I have memorized the script writing templates of Hallmark movies. I can predict the outcome of a Hallmark movie. I don't mind. I enjoy sitting with my wife on a couch during the holiday season and they have a Hallmark movie on and maybe uh, we're eating a little something and uh, quite often I might have, uh, if I can just be honest with you, earbuds in and I'm listening to maybe a podcast or something like that, you know, kind of multitasking, glancing up at the Hallmark movie once in a while, but then getting some good solid content as well. This is how I, these are my coping mechanisms. This is how I make it. People look at me and how do you make it with four daughters? Listen, I've learned how to surf the estrogen waves and there are certain things I do, certain coping mechanisms that I have. Okay. So I don't mind doing that, but 
I'm always after a deeper, more militant message concerning Christmas. Okay. I'm, and I know that this challenges, um, this may challenge the female. Maybe not. Maybe you're a female listening and this doesn't challenge you. I hope not. Let's consider the Christmas story as told from heaven's perspective in the book of Revelation. Okay. Um, you know, we sing away in a manger and, you know, silent night, holy night, and the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. And we put the uh, Charlie Brown special on and the baby's wrapped in the true meaning of Christmas. I think Linus is the prophet there. You know, we put the music on. If I hear, if I could be honest with you again, if I hear another song by Michael Buble, is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. But okay, all of these things are around, but deep down, I'm understanding that Christmas is invasion. And this is how I like to try to keep Christmas well. Consider from the book of Revelation chapter 12, the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule the nations with an iron scepter. Yes. Take that, Michael Buble. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring. Those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. What is this account of the woman and the dragon and the birthing of the Christ child? I was having lunch with a uh, fellow compatriot yesterday, not lunch, a coffee, and we concluded, uh, I shared with him and he seemed to resonate with it. I've done some study on it, not a deep dive on Revelation 12, not super deep, but I see the woman there as a composite picture of first Israel, then Mary giving birth to the Christ child, and then the church uh, as well, and the dragon making war, but we overcoming. Okay, now, G.K. Chesterton. See, we have to read people from a hundred years ago because our, you know, we... See spot run, see Mary climb the tree. That's our G.K. Chesterton. Just hang with this here. He wrote in his book, let's see, what's it called? The Everlasting Man. It's in the chapter, The God in the Cave. G.K. Chesterton is saying that we need to take the fragrance of what happened in the birth of the Christ child. He calls it an explosion in the Judean hills 2,000 years ago. He sees the cave as an outlaw's den. (laughs) as an outpost, a fortress in enemy territory. Yes, take that hallmark. Herod's days are marked and the dragon's doom is sealed. Now listen to what he says. There is something defiant in this, something that makes the abrupt bells at midnight sound like the great guns of a battle that has just been won. All this indescribable thing that we call Christmas atmosphere. Okay, just like the bells would ring maybe at midnight on Christmas Eve, he hears it as the great guns of a battle that has just been won. He continues that this Christmas atmosphere hangs in the air 
uh, something like a lingering fragrance or a fading vapor from the exultant explosion of that one hour in the Judean hills nearly 2,000 years ago. But the savor is still unmistakable, and it's something too subtle, he says, or too solitary to be covered by our use of the word peace. By the very nature of the story, the rejoicings in the cavern were rejoicings in a fortress or an outlaw's den. Wow. Now, this is how to keep Christmas well, right? Especially in our time and what we may be, friends, as we look at this next decade or two, okay, as an overcoming Christ follower. He continues, it's also that there in that image, a true idea of an outpost, of a piercing through the rock and an entrance into an enemy territory. Yes, if I could just say, this is like D-Day. This is a beachhead. The king is back. He continues, there in this buried divinity, an idea of undermining the world, the world system, of shaking the towers and palaces from below. He sees the Christ child is underground in the cave, in the outlaw's den, shaking, even as Herod, Herod, the great king, felt that earthquake under him and swayed with his swaying palace. See, everything that can, I'm just adding now, everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that what remains is the eternal kingdom of Christ. This is so beautiful, actually. Give me my eggnog. Go ahead and put Hallmark on. But I'm going to be thinking and praying on these lines, and I'm going to be, you know, positively agitating people around me to consider these edges. My friend, angels, did you know that the compound name that represents Christ's nature most frequently in the scriptures, do you know what it is? The compound name in the Bible that represents Christ's nature most frequently in the Bible, it's Lord of hosts. Get this, it appears nearly 10 times the sum of all the other compound names revealed in the scriptures. Can you believe that? The compound name Lord of hosts appears nearly 10 times the sum of all the other compound names of the Lord revealed in the scriptures. Do you think that God is trying to say something to us about the primacy of what his nature is, about the priority of what his agenda is? Now listen, in Luke chapter 2, in the same region, these shepherds, okay, and I hope, I hope they had their adult diapers on, okay, because they probably had an adult accident. (laughs) Shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. I mean, no kidding. The the sky unzips. There's like a, a veil that opens up, and the glory of the Lord manifests in white hot light, and an angel of the Lord appears. And the angel says to them, don't be afraid, 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. It's a feeding trough, probably in a den or a cave. Now, if they didn't use their adult diapers yet, they may have right here in verse 13. Suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, a multitude of the heavenly host. There it is. These were militant angels that manifested in the sky that were escorting, in a sense, the seed of the second member of the Godhead coming into the hostile environment of the earth. And they said, glory to God. The angel said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. You see, hosts are angel armies. All right. Again, now consider with me more than 10 times the sum total of all the compound names describing the Lord in the scriptures is the Lord of hosts. What is God trying to say to us about the primacy of his nature, about the primacy of his agenda? Hosts are angel armies. Jesus is the Lord of armies. They, in a sense, were coming to honor and to acknowledge their commander coming in human flesh. These angels are terrifying warriors. I think on the top of our Christmas tree in the house, we have a bow. Okay, a bow. Imagine if a real angel appeared on the top of your Christmas tree. Now that would be a Christmas to remember, I tell you. I just want you to see the, the, the sense of raw power and the king is back in Christmas. Hey, dragon. Ho, ho, ho. Advent is not just us looking back to a baby. Advent is not just the anticipation of celebrating Christ's birth each December. It is that. And let's try to celebrate it as much as we can with as much understanding as we have the true nature of what that incarnation is. But even beyond and even more, the, the truth of Advent is that Christ coming into our world produces a sentence of doom upon the dragon, a sentence of doom upon all darkness, and it has set in motion a process which is transforming everything. You see, Advent is advancing through time. And this comes right down to our personal lives. Christmas is invasion. Guys and ladies, because I tell you, the Lord is raising up some Deborah-like ladies today who are like judges and who are in their feminine way, militant in their faith. I love it. We need it. Let's go for it. Christmas is an invasion from on high. By the way, I have in my mind, I conceptualize things in my mind and I see a continuum. And so I'm trying to see my daughter slide on that continuum from immersion in Hallmark to a Deborah-like anointing, okay? <laughs> this is how I try to... These are my coping mechanisms, and this is how I roll here. Okay, those angels in the skies over the Judean hills were a multitude of heavenly hosts. They were angel armies. 
And, you know, traditional Advent is this anticipation of celebrating Christ's birth. And in the weeks leading up to Christmas, we prepare our hearts. It's all good. It's all solid. I want to go deeper in that. But Christ's coming is not just a one-off event. It's not just punctiliar, a point in time. It is process. You see, the incarnation has set in motion a process. He continues to come in fullness and in power through the body of Christ. And he continues to come in fullness and power even in our own lives. In history, since the birth of Christ and in our day. Paul talked about this in Ephesians 4.13. He talks about growing and developing and the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ, the incarnation as process within our lives. We just simply have to build this into our worldview. It's going to affect how we pray, how we make decisions, the actions that we take, the way that we align with others in the body of Christ, the way that we express our life story under the meta-narrative of Jesus. And even we look into the future and we also anticipate his coming again when there will be a complete revelation of Christ, a total revelation of Christ, this time in the future coming in overwhelming rule and completeness. The partial will be done away and the perfect will come. So Advent is advancing. It's progressing through time. It's advancing through those who yield to his presence in our day. Jesus is no longer a baby. He is now ascended and seated as a king. He is filling all things. Paul wrote in Ephesians 1, and 23, and he put all things in subjection under his feet. The father put under Christ's feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You see, my friend, the dragon rages, but you reign. The dragon may rage, but you reign in Christ. This coming of Jesus Christ, the king is back into the earth, is an existential threat to Satan's kingdom. The serpent of old is not pleased about it, but he's doomed. And we just need to understand that this raging anti-Christ spirit was in the earth for centuries, even prior to the birth of Christ. Then the demonized King Herod tried to murder the Son of God. And that same spirit has slithered through history since the nativity. Even now, my friend, as a Christ follower, much of what you may be going through, don't take it too personal. It's not so much about you as it is about Christ and his kingdom in you and through you. And yet, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. You overcome because Christ has been born in you. Let me leave you with just four practical points or ideas that we can consider moving on related to these truths, okay? The kingdom increases constantly. I'll I'll come to those in just a moment. The kingdom of Christ increases constantly in us and through us. I'm calling it 365 Advent. I'm talking about living in the possibilities of the incarnation each day of the year living in the light of this vision for your life from Revelation eleven fifteen, 
It says the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever, beginning to live now in the light and the full and the potential of that which is coming. So here are these four four points that I think that we can move on, allow our, allowing our thinking to be renewed to this, okay? Here we go. Let's increase our resolve to, one, renew our alignment with the now ascended Christ. Let's really know him, deepen our relationship with him, renewing and refreshing and resetting our alignment with the now ascended Christ. Of course, this takes an investment of time, but of course, it's the most creative investment of time that we could engage in. If we seek first Christ and his kingdom, everything else that everyone else is seeking for will be added to us. So to renew our alignment, instead of being disjointed or not accurately aligned or maybe partially aligned, renewing full alignment with the now ascended Christ. Here's another thought. Let's harmonize with the heavenlies via via worship, via the scriptures, meditation, prayer, affirmation. Let's harmonize with the victory that's in the heavenlies. We're not trying to get to victory. We are we are we have the ability to live from victory. We're not trying to pray up into situations. We're praying down into situations from our place with Christ, seated with him in the heavenlies, the courts of the Lord. Let's seek to harmonize with the heavenlies, right? Things are going to work better when we do this. More of the beauty and truth and power of our life will be unfurled. Here's a third thought. Let's see the rule of Christ extended through our lives like a scepter, like a royal scepter. This is a witness of King Jesus and of his kingdom. Like Moses lifting up his rod over the Red Sea, let's extend his rule over scenarios and situations and opportunities and challenges and closed doors, open doors, etc. Let's see his rule extended through our lives like a scepter. Let's live up to our station in Christ. Let's not live below our station. And finally, a fourth thought. Let's advance into new life seasons with great joy and anticipation. The advancement of the advent. Let's advance into new life situations with great anticipation. All right, pull out the eggnog, put the Hallmark movies on, let Michael Buble sing and crone till the cows come home. But deep, deep, deep down, it's this outlaw den. It's this king is back. It's this invasion. It's this incarnation and what that means. And then his ascension and we are swept up with that. And even now we are seated with him. And let's live according to our station from a royal, exalted, authoritative plane. That is how we can keep Christmas well. Hey, dragon. You've been dragging on situations in our lives. See what I did there with that little funny wordplay? 
You've been resisting, you've been fighting, you've been raging. But we have a message for you, ho, 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 from King Jesus. Hey, thanks for spending a few with me today. I'll catch you next time in the second part of our Christmas mini-series. Would you share this with one or two of your friends? Tell them you pay for a premium podcast and you paid for this episode and you're gifting it to them. No, don't do that. I think they'll enjoy this message maybe. It might challenge them and it might put some fresh inspiration in them for a holiday season that maybe could be a little bit different. You can learn more about the podcast, of course, at JesusSmart.com. Jesus is brilliant. We love that baby Christ child who came into that outlaw's den, but we also love him as now the cosmic Christ, the ascended Christ. We're going to catch his brilliance as we know him. He knows how this life works best, and the horizon is his. We'll see you next time.